Amela Ena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, a show where women in tech talk about technology. Today's guest is Sukrutha Baduria, software engineering manager at Salesforce. Sukrutha explained the challenges of working on a product that has 14 million unique users. We talked about building products that integrate with third-party components and how to effectively work with other companies in these integrations. Outside of work, Sukrutha manages Girl Geek Dinners in the Bay Area, an organization where women in technology can network and learn from each other. To support the show, you can write a review on iTunes, send me a tweet at Tag Women Show, or an email. When I get a message from a listener about the show, it makes me feel really good, and it's what motivates me to keep releasing weekly episodes. Thank you for listening. Sukruta is joining us today from San Francisco. Sukruta, welcome to the Women in Tech show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're currently working at Salesforce as a software engineer manager. Mm -hmm. And one of the projects you worked on at Salesforce was the Visual Force team, which has 14 million unique users. What were some of the challenges of working on a product that has such a big number of users? The biggest challenge with that particular feature is uh, that uh, there's so much customization that the customer can do. And anytime that there was a customer issue that was reported to us, for us to be able to reproduce it required a lot of steps. And because there were so many users, we had to be really careful with any change we we released, whether it was like as a patch release or a major release. So we always had to be extremely careful with any changes we made and test thoroughly so that our quality remained uh, consistent. Can you talk a little bit about what Visual Force is? Mm -hmm. So Visual Force is a way for customers to programmatically add customized pages within Salesforce. So there are a variety of ways you could do it with Salesforce, um, and this is using the Apex language that is unique to Salesforce. What is an example of a customization that somebody would want to add to Salesforce? Anything really, like if a customer wanted to have, you know, a page that had a bunch of input fields that they wanted to customize for their respective customers to use to enter information, or anything to do with keeping track of their customers, their accounts, their contacts, uh, you know, any kind of information mm -hmm. specific to their company. And one of the things you worked on was the real-time collaboration of the product, which involved integrating third-party components like Skype or Cisco. Mm -hmm. What is something important to keep in mind when allowing third parties to integrate with a product? Yeah, the biggest one would be security when you're integrating any sort of third-party product. In this case, it's uh, third-party JavaScript. And when you're embedding it into your product, you need to be really careful 
about how you can protect your product from any vulnerabilities this other third-party product might be susceptible to, and vice versa. How do you collaborate with these third parties? Is it in person, remotely, or are, are software design ideas shared with them? Yeah, so at a high level, we do collaborate with our partner companies to come up with a product that will work well for our shared customers. And, um, you know, we meet regularly. We discuss at the start of the release cycle to see if we're on the same page. We discuss what it is that we need from each other, what are the timelines, and, you know, work together again, like make sure that the finished product is of the highest quality and, you know, agreeable to both partners. Is this work done remotely or do you sometimes meet with them in person? We do a bit of both. And you've been working in the tech industry since 2007 in numerous positions in software development, software engineering, testing, and in addition to a full-time job since 2011, you are managing director of Girl Geek Dinners in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. What is Girl Geek Dinners? Uh, Girl Geek Dinners is something uh, my friend Angie and I do together. It's just a way for women in working in the Bay Area in tech companies to get together, inspire each other, and to find out what other people are working on, um, and also for them to find role models. So we have an event a few times a month, and each event has uh, is sponsored by a different company, and it's roughly about three hours long and it's after work on a weekday and the first and third hours reserved for networking, demos, mingling, you know, food and drink. And the middle hours when the sponsoring company brings out their uh, female employees to give tech talks or lightning talks or even a panel discussion. Mm -hmm. And this way the attendees get to hear about what it is like to work at the company. They feel inspired. They learn more about that company and, you know, if at all they're ever interested in, in uh, working at a company like that, they then are more informed. Um, so it's a win-win situation for both the sponsors and the attendees. And it's uh, traditionally we did have it be free to attend, but we ended up having our tickets fill up like in minutes uh, when we used to use Eventbrite uh, and the setting was free. And so we decided to use that popularity for good and we started to collect like a five to ten dollar donation and that money would go to started to go towards uh, organizations that supported women in tech so that's what we've been doing and the talks that they give after networking are they mostly about what the women are working on or what the company does it's a combination, really. It's um, It could be about a particular technology the company is using. It could be uh, tips and tricks that that particular individual has employed in their career. One of my favorite talks was about how the idea of Xbox came about. Mm -hmm. That was uh, at a dinner sponsored by Microsoft. So you'll hear things like that. Um, also, one time a product manager gave uh, at ModCloth, when ModCloth sponsored, gave uh, tips on, you know, what are the top three things to keep in mind when you are coming up with a project and you want to make the customer happy. 
What did you like about hearing how Xbox, the idea, originated? First of all, it was really nice to see uh, a really senior woman involved in a project like this because generally when you are, you know, not within that company, you don't realize that there are so many women involved in projects like these. You just only see, you know, the top uh, faces that the company tends to show. And they're typically not, you know, people that look like you. (laughs) So that's why that that one thing was, that was one of my first dinners that I attended with Angie. And the other big thing was just that idea to have a way for, you know, the entire family to get together and play. Their target audience was primarily people who weren't inclined towards using any sort of a control to play a video game and one of one of their uh, ideas was how they could reach more people within a family mm-hmm. and not just the typical uh, you know age range or or profile that was traditionally playing video games at the time and one of the important points you bring up is that you like hearing about this story from a woman that worked on the team and that's part of the reason why I created the show to have women talking about really great products because people want to hear this instead of just hearing how do you survive as a woman in tech or what does it mean to be a woman in tech i think it's more inspiring to to see what they're actually working on yeah my favorite talk or event is when if you closed your eyes you didn't know the gender of the person who is speaking but the idea of it is that, you know, you see somebody, like I said, who you identify with, who looks like you, and then you feel like you can do the same thing too. Yes. And it's been extremely inspiring for me alone. You know, I started out doing this with Angie, like I said, uh, mainly because I wanted to find a way to keep busy and do something besides work because that's I always did something besides just go to work and come back and that was I was looking for something to do and the uh, return for me was that I got I got a chance to be exposed to so many people who should be role models to more people who don't have that visibility and the exposure I'm getting out of it has been great or even do something meaningful outside of work instead of just binge watching Netflix or something I think (laughs) yeah I didn't I didn't realize the kind of impact it would have on me alone and then it's really heartwarming to see how many people really you know want more of this and they want to keep coming back and uh, like I was telling you we have few events every month like two to three and we're actually booked up till mid July uh, mid twenty. 18 already so we're typically booked pretty far in advance with sponsoring companies really interested in sponsoring our events and what are some of your managing duties with girl geek dinners well angie and i well i reached out to angie when i first uh, found out about this that she was doing solo and she started this and it you know, it was really popular when she started it, but the frequency is what picked up when she and I were, uh, you know, able to share duties together. Um, there isn't really anything specific that I do that's that's tied to my title. It was just a fun title that we came up, and it's just the two of us doing this. Mm-hmm. But it involves organizing this events, right? Yeah, so the event 
the party planning aspect of it, we let the companies take care of. It's their, they're sponsoring it. It's their money. But we definitely ensure the advertising happens. We make sure that the, our members show up. We have a lot of people on our MailChimp, and uh, we use MailChimp to uh, send out uh, our emails. So, so there is some coordination of people. You have mm -hmm. to you talk with the company and yes. agree on. We coordinate with the company. We make sure that the event format is a particular way. We make sure that the talks are interesting, uh, that the demos are interesting and um, that the attendees get what they want out of it, as well as that the sponsoring company gets what they want out of it. In 2015, you switched to a manager role in software engineering. Do you feel that being involved in Girl Geek Dinners helped you with this transition, since you were coordinating with companies, managing to some extent people? Yeah, I would say for sure. Like, I think it definitely helped me with my soft skills. I'm generally very much the sort of person who likes to have multiple priorities. And I like, I've always liked to multitask. But it really did challenge me. Um, because, you know, I could have like a work deadline the same day as a girl geek dinner. So I'd need to like make sure to hit that deadline at work and also be available to attend that dinner. Um, so things like that, like it really did push me. And then, you know, the exposure I got to like meeting uh, people who were fairly senior in their company and the challenges that they face. So I used that to my advantage in the sense that I learned from that. Mm -hmm. And when I did want to move to management, um, you know, I, I did reach out and get a lot of advice uh, on how to make that transition. And that definitely That connection with Girl Geek Dinners and the experience helped me. And at Salesforce, you participated in the High Potential Leadership Program. This program, I saw that it has led to a 33% increase in the number of women who were promoted last year in Salesforce. What is the High Potential Leadership Program? So uh, I was part of a group of people that got a chance to meet with a coach on a regular basis and every session was catered to you know a particular career challenge and this particular program it's uh, that I was involved in was recommendation based so your manager or you recommended yourself to be a participant in this program and uh, you know Salesforce has been working really really hard to bring about diversity and out of all the programs that they've been involved they've been organizing and and pushing um this particular one is one that i was actively uh involved in and benefited from mm -hmm. and it helped me then make my transition to management what is the duration of this program this particular one that i was involved in i don't remember the exact duration but it was like an hour every few weeks oh okay yeah and what were some of the things that you learned through being in this program and speaking with a coach? There were so many things, right? The one thing that I, I still am, uh, use to my advantage is when you want an opportunity, you tell everybody that you want it. So you tell everybody you meet. And this was part of like when I wanted to move to management, there wasn't necessarily a manager opening in the org I was working in. And so I told everybody that I, I knew could help me 
that I this was what I wanted, explained why I wanted it, and they gave me advice. And that, you know, chain of events then led me to meeting someone who had an opening within Salesforce. Mm-hmm. So that I use regularly. Anytime I want an opportunity for myself, I'm not shy about it. And I totally agree with that because it to some people it might sound very intuitive and easy. But for example, me, I also didn't know that. I, I would just think things will come to me if I'm performing at a certain way. But then I heard this, that if you don't say that you want to be a manager or to have a promotion, you're not going to get it. Somebody who said it is likely going to be considered because they expressed interest in this. And was there anything that surprised you that you were doing that you needed to change in addition to this? So when, when, whenever it was a situation where I needed to negotiate and with somebody else, I definitely wasn't negotiating in a way that then found, uh, then made the other person feel like, you know, I was accommodating them. Yeah. I was always just talking about what it is that I wanted. So there was an exercise that we did that helped us discuss, you know, when you reach a situation where, you know, two people want something that may not necessarily be the same thing. How do you, how do you reach a resolution quickly? Mm -hmm. So that's something that, you know, that I had to definitely practice. Yeah. And outside of work, you were also a mentor in Hackbrite. What is Hackbrite? So Hackbrite is a, at that time was a 10-week program for uh, people who were uh, working in non-tech roles who then wanted to move into tech. So they uh, learned how to code in Python and other basic skills that one needs in order to be a first-time software engineer. And the good thing about that program is that the end of it, they sort of like, they help you make connections that will then, um, you know, lead you to get interviews with companies either through uh, mentors or through uh, their career days that they organized or their field trips. So, yeah, that was a nice experience, definitely. And as a mentor... What were some of the things that you people were asking you? Um, it totally depended. Like it could have been something to do with the project that they were doing. It could have been something to do with the struggles that they were facing. Um, or it could be, you know, interview practice that they wanted. So it could be any of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you made sure to meet more often towards the end of their program because that's when they need to do more and in the start it was probably like once a week just checking in and do you currently have mentors I do actually I do meet with people regularly I think I ended up getting a different thing from different people and so I don't have just one person I I have a variety of people I seek help from that's very interesting because I don't have a mentor for example and I've heard people telling me to get one, but I still don't understand like what happens in those regular meetings. I know some people meet every two weeks for half an hour or an hour. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, what are some of the things that you can talk about with a mentor? Yeah, I don't have something like that where I meet every two weeks. Maybe it would it made sense at the time when I was particularly, you know, I had a particular challenge and I was making efforts to, you know, work around it. At that time, I'm sure it would have been great to like 
meet the person every single week. Yeah. But uh, it's not always necessary that your mentor might have full context into what this challenge is because they don't know the people you're working with. They don't know exactly what the environment is. But I was lucky and the person that I was talking to regularly was someone who had been in a similar situation. And so they were, um, at that time, they were like advising me on how to handle it. And it also is nice to have, you know, external perspective, like somebody who's not at all working in that same environment who can give you general advice. And so I don't meet with anybody on a regular basis. I just reach out whenever I need it. And those mentors that you have, did you specifically say, hey, do you want to mentor me? Or has it been more organic that you just meet people and talk to them every once in a while? Yeah, thankfully, because of Girl Geek Dinners, I learned very quickly that people going over to someone and saying, can you be my mentor, doesn't really work very well. Um, You know, you just reach out and you ask the questions that you have. And if you feel like the answers that you got or the recommendations that you got, you know, really resonate with you, then you can set up another session with them. But asking someone to be your mentor is sort of like it's very they don't know what exactly the expectations are sometimes people get very nervous they don't know what to do exactly and so they don't know what it means so that's why I made sure to find something that's more organic because what if I asked someone to be my mentor and it didn't like I didn't love their advice then it would have been even more uncomfortable so I just made sure to reach out ask my questions and then Either I check in with them or they check in with me. Yes, definitely. That's great advice. Thank you, Sukrutha. And thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It was great talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you.